the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. 800-516-1220. You can always drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com, but I'd prefer you call the show because it's much, much more interactive. 20 years ago, I think more people were listening live, and I'd have 20 calls an hour. It was crazy. But 20 years ago, we were in the uh, the throwing days, maybe, the last days of the first dot-com gold rush, where companies like Yahoo would go from $10 a share to $250, and you could almost count on it. And then you're like, okay, now what do I want to make a lot of money on? And it became a little too frothy. In 2019, we saw a little bit too frothy again in IPOs. Now, that's not a bad thing. I don't mind people making money. And you can see that Uber and Lyft, Lyft came first. They weren't priced quite right. They were priced too high. They are a little bit too greedy. Then the second one, Uber came out, and they weren't priced quite right. They were a little too greedy. But then you saw companies like Slack and Beyond Meat, and you saw a lot of companies come into public, and uh, their stock did fantastic. And now a lot of people are starting to go, okay, I just made a lot of money. Now what I can put my money in? And that's where you kind of get a little bit dangerous. Uh, I'm not saying no. I'm saying be cautious because it can kind of badly. A lot of people bought into Snap thinking Snap was going to be the next Facebook. Hasn't quite worked out like that. Maybe the battle's not over, but it's still out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Uh, Retirement's obviously a big issue for a lot of people. Uh, And I hope you're starting to think about what are you going to do when you stop working. From age 0 to 20, I want you to have fun. I want you to be a kid. I want you to figure out love, figure out music. Whether it be Rage Against the Machine that teaches you, you know, you hate, you hate your dad, so you're going to pick Rage music. Or maybe it's you're more of a hippie and you're like, hey, let's listen to some Pearl Jam. Let's get a light, long, long, or fish. Let's get a long jam in there. Um, all up to you. I, I get it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Uh one area where it's kind of an interesting conversation, not terribly interesting, is millennials. When a millennial comes out of college, they probably have debt. We know this, right? College debt's getting bigger. As college debt gets bigger, it creates a problem. You want to buy a house, but you already have some debt. The home lender's going to say, you got too much debt and you don't have enough income. A lot of college kids come out of college thinking they're going to make more than they do. Um, so not only is that the issue, the student debt versus getting housing debt, the student debt... And they sometimes get into trouble um, with credit card debt. But millennials also have, you know, housing, credit card, and then, oh, yeah, yeah, that student debt. So their income, which isn't going to be much because it's a starting job, has to service at least one of those, the student debt. So I've recently seen some advice, and there's no shortage of the Internet, right? Um, The Internet, uh, you can find anything. 
That's kind of the beauty about living in New York City, which I suggest you do for a year or two years in your 20s, is if you decide, hey, I want to go find an alligator who wears a pink tutu who plays the piano. You can actually find it in New York. The downside is about 200 to 300 other people are, and the space is going to fit about 50. So there's a little bit of that with the internet. There's a lot of information out there. Anything you want, you can find. Um, I still like some of the classics, like the Wall Street Journal, Call Me Crazy, I Like Barons, The Financial Times, The Economist. Um, I'll read CFP magazines, which, let me tell you, they are not very interesting. You want to be put to sleep, that's where I would start. There's a guy who does a podcast, um, and I probably shouldn't promote another person's podcast, but his name's Michael Kitsis, and uh, he teaches financial planners how to be financial planners. And again, if you're going to do it yourself, at least arm yourself with people who do CFP kind of stuff. So back to the millennials, and uh, there's no shortage of advice out there. And when you're a new employee, I've already done this with with, uh, my board op here, Zach, or Z, and I've said, you know, hey, there's a thing called a 401k here. There's some free money in it from, from our parent company, Salem. Make sure you're getting at least the free money. And he's like... Well, dude, I got to play video games or like it's a well-intentioned conversation, but sometimes it's not exactly going to work. And then I'll say, hey, take a look at some of the other older employees here who have no savings and they're going to work till the day they die or they're going to you know, figure something out later. And in your 20s, you could say that in your 30s, you could say it. But then suddenly when you're 30s and you're looking for a spouse, eh, they may go, you don't have any savings. What happens if we make a baby? Um, and then in your 40s, uh-oh. Best thing a millennial could do, in my opinion, is start the 401k. Start it. 3%'s okay. You're not going to offend me. I get it. This is your first paycheck. You got to go buy a suit. Oh, man. I bought my first suit. <laughs> it's a funny memory, right? And uh, you go to Macy's typically as a man or Nordstrom. Or you see a commercial where you can get like five suits for $50 at Men's Warehouse. You're like, I think I'm going to do that one. And then you get there and you're like, this stuff's cheap. Literally, if you put, if you drop water on it, it falls apart. So the advice out there on millennials is sometimes, and I, I see this where there's one floating around right now. Okay, millennials, you got it all wrong. Don't save in your 401k. What, if you read the article, it, it's kind I get it. I kind of get it. What they're trying to say is pay off your student debt. What you have to do, what I've learned, is you have to learn to service debt. You don't want to procrastinate on saving. You have to service that debt because that debt will keep your student debt. It stays with you. I had student debt. I had college debt till mid-30s, early 30s. And I consider myself successful. But here was the thing. I got like one of those government loans. A student loan through the government, not through a private bank. So my, my interest rate was like 2%. And a 2% student loan that not only did I get, you know, a master's and get, really get a good education, um, but I also got some debt with it, right? So I serviced that debt, and it was a low-cost debt. My mortgage debt is typically a low-cost debt. And you also get a home, and you also get to start saving for yourself, paying rent to yourself. I don't really recommend you get a, a, a mortgage as you're a millennial. Until you figure out where you're going to work. You know, an example right again is my board op. He's young, uh, mid-20s, early 20s. He may start to learn that there's not enough money in radio to buy a house. And maybe his dream is to buy a house. He may learn that there's not enough money in radio to retire when you're uh, 50 or 60. So he may say, I I think I'm going to try Seattle. Or I've heard good things about Denver. It's kind of funny is that um, I love the mid-sized cities. I love them. Denver, Memphis. Austin, 
uh, Seattle once at one point in time. Um, Denver has a nickname. And if I was a young woman who was looking ultimately to settle down and find a spouse to make babies, Minver is the nickname of Denver. There's a lot of men in Denver. I know you're saying, that's offensive. Women don't need a man to make a baby. Well, okay. You got me on that one. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I was watching uh, an AJR video last night on YouTube. And it's surprising how many more minutes... In my life, I'm watching YouTube um, and not regular TV. I can't tell you the last television show that I watch on ABC, NBC, CBS. I could, I could. Typically, it's sports or it's late night talk shows. And that's about it. So I was watching an AJR video. And one of the cool things that some musicians do who are young and hip right now, they go to schools in New York, public schools. And public schools have like children's choirs and they do their song in front of the kids, and the kids sing the chorus with them. And to me, I, I found myself lost in this. I was like, okay, so now that I've seen this ATR video in a public school, um, you'll see other bands do it too. And it just sucked so much of my time. And ATR are three brothers. So if you search this song, 100 Bad Days, on YouTube, you'll see like four or five versions. And one of them is the public school version. Um, and that's fascinating to me that... It takes my time, right? Now, here's the problem. Uh, my kid was watching YouTube last night on an iPad or something, and I don't know what he's watching. And I saw some Facebook moderators this week come out and talk about the horror that is being a Facebook moderator, that they see things that they can't unsee. So they have real humans looking at videos, and sometimes it's just horrific. There was one where, in the story, it's like, I don't even want to say it, it's so bad, but two young kids were filming killing an animal. And turn it in literally into mush. And the moderator's like, I think Mark Zuckerberg needs to see this. I think uh, Sheryl Sandberg should see this. Now, I'm, that's not an attack on YouTube because YouTube's different than Facebook, right? But I, I think it's a wild, wild west out there. There's, for all the good, there's a lot of bad, too. So there's a lot of pressure right now on... And again, then you can even right there say, hey, the parents should know what their kids are watching, right? But YouTube has to come up with a YouTube kids channel. They have to. If we're going to be putting these devices in front of them, and if they don't, the government's going to say, you have to. Millions of children regularly use YouTube to watch video game tutorials, television shows, and even to watch random people unbox new toys. That's one of the most fascinating things that one of my children taught me. Um, my boy Z, um, he's not 0111011. <laughs> I didn't name him a binary thing, but I don't want to throw his name out per se. You could guess what the name Z is probably. But he would watch people open video uh open toys at christmas time he's like i want that he's actually a pretty good kid he doesn't sound like that um but what was fascinating about this is i would learn that the kid in the video what are they called the uh, influencers was an influencer for essentially for youtube and like mattel and hasbro would send this kid toys to have his dad videotape him like saying okay i just got the new uh, matchbox car race that's all digital and you put the track down like this and you know on occasion he would say something funny right and then you're learning the kid's pulling in a million dollars a year because he, he got this influencer title which is fascinating to me because 
if, if you're not used to that yet, you better get used to it. The concept of the word influencer. Um, my kids want to grow up to be influencers. They don't want to necessarily grow up to be computer scientists. They want their own YouTube channels. They want to make people laugh. And in this case, like there's a guy named Tyler Ninja Blevins. I think is his name. And uh, he does Fortnite videos. He does a lot of video game, video game videos to the point that enough people watch him that companies like Electronic Arts and Take-Two and um, Epic pay him millions of dollars per year to play the games. And uh, they, they send him, like, soda and chairs, and they give him uh, expensive computers. And he, he's living at large. But get this. He's writing a book. I love that. Like, how do you get your kids to read? They don't want to read. They want to watch videos. So you get a video influencer to write a book, and then the kids will want to read a book. So I find that fascinating. That Like, what a turnaround, right? So consumer and children protection groups are worried that the Google-owned video service YouTube is collecting data on young users at the same time and failing to shield them from appropriate, inappropriate content. Uh, it doesn't take long to find inappropriate content. Whether your buzz thing is, is curse words, I don't care about curse words. Um, my kids are allowed to curse as much as they want. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I believe in the Constitution. Now, if they do it in front of a teacher, in front of other kids, they don't get to play with them. They don't get to go to school. That's the consequences. But if they want to walk around the house and, you know, I'm having a bad day, I'm totally fine with it. So YouTube and Facebook have to have something pretty, they got to get on this better and better. Because the U.S. Federal Trade Commission is in the late stages of an investigation on YouTube and whether they adequately protect children. You know, for years and years and years, we didn't have cigarette companies or alcohol companies at baseball games. They weren't allowed to buy advertising because we were protecting children. And then slowly but surely, a little bit of lobbying here, a little bit of lobbying there. And we're like, okay, we'll open it up. You weren't allowed to show people drinking alcohol on TV. They could drink a cup that was dark, but they weren't allowed to be like, it's, we've done it before. We need to kind of do it again, right? Um, Because some of the stuff is just sadistic that's out there, but that's neither here nor there. So let's change topics if we can. Um. We're using more and more minutes to watch content online, and we're not using ABC, NBC, CBS. It's a good thing I don't own any ABC. Well, I do own ABC. Uh Uh-oh. Disney, right? But Disney's got Disney Plus coming out. Disney's got ESPN Plus. They're kind of making that move to digital because they kind of see the traditional world cutting. Disney's also got, like, Disney for Kid channels, and that's a pretty, pretty powerful brand. Um, Parents trust Disney something that it's a really odd concept, but trust is super important, right? So I, I'm glad that I don't own CBS, but eh, CBS has got the, we're going to produce a TV show called Star Trek um, and put it online. It's like, oh, I don't want to pay for another online subscription service. So at some point in time, Netflix is going to add commercials. Can you imagine if they had a commercial supported version as well as a uh, non-commercial supported version? So they've already started tinkering with it a little bit. They made a relationship with Coca-Cola for the new season of Stranger Things. So product placement inside. Um, But also the new Adam Sandler movie, the murder mystery one, was a massive hit on Netflix. So they're saying like comedies can work on Netflix, but comedies don't work at movie theaters anymore. A lot to think about when you're starting to look at all this content, right? I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. If I have a seminar coming up, you can sign up for it at Rob Black Show. Use the code radio 25. By the way, I've got a seminar coming up. Um, I'd love to see you there. And you can say hello. Uh, coming up, we'll talk some investment ideas, uh, maybe a little credit karma, good idea, bad idea. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. I'm Robot. Want the podcast with music? 
Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. One of the stocks that has a lot of people fascinated is a company called Canopy Grove because it's in the trend of marijuana. As more and more states legalize recreational marijuana or medicinal marijuana, as more countries like Canada do, it doesn't take a stoner a lot of brain cells to say, oh, this could make us a lot of money. The problem is the federal government still doesn't recognize it, so it's very, very tough for these businesses at this point in time to do cash business, to bank. They're figuring out ways around it. I saw a marijuana company that just came public in the United States, listed in the United States. Now, that's a new one because, again, it's illegal in the federal system. But what they do is they sell seeds, and they teach you how to grow it yourself. Now, Canopy Growth is a company that sells the buds. They, they have farms. They, they cut, they clip, they clean, they do whatever they have to to it. And um, for a while there, it was kind of a sexy investment, but not so much now. It's kind of the... Uh, the luster has come off a bit. And I bring it up because it, it, it still has had a very, very nice run. So if you're looking at it on a one-year basis, you go, it's kind of gone sideways, up and down, up and down, up and down. Goggle, make me lose my mind. Up and down, up and down. Um, but if you look at it on like a five-year basis, it looks fantastic. But if you look at it on a one-day basis, it doesn't look so great. So you remember how I, I've been talking recently about John Barth and floating opera? Um there's a lot of writing in the 1950s about perspective. It's pretty interesting. Um, there was a, um, a twilight zone that was called an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge, which was repurposed story uh, from the Civil War. Um, and basically the story is, and if I'm ruining this for you, too bad. Uh, basically, a soldier is going to get hung from the south. He's not a soldier. He's a plantation owner. But the, the Union soldiers have him, and they're on a bridge, and uh, they're going to hang him, and they, he, he pushes off. And there's no words. It's fantastic. It's all sound. Um, and as he goes to the water off the bridge, the rope breaks. Swims away, swims down the river. Uh, he sees beautiful women. He sees kids playing. The trees are amazing. And, uh, he gets to his plantation. It, you're starting to figure out he just wants to get back to his wife. He sees his wife and his kid. As he gets closer, bam, his neck snaps and the rope kills him. He had a dream on the way down that the rope was going to break and that he was going to escape and that the soldiers were going to shoot at him and he was going to, and he was, he had a dream and it was very stream of consciousness. It was the first time stream of consciousness was ever used on television. And, uh, the fifties were kind of this, this time of experimenting of, you know, what can we do to push the envelope? And believe it or not, this was pushing the envelope. Um, I bring it up because it's all about perspective. So the perspective on canopy growth, ha, 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 we're going to make a lot of money. It may or not be there. Um, they've had some disappointment. But again, how about if another state says we're going to legalize marijuana? How about if a country says we're going to legalize marijuana? How about if the federal government says, it? yeah, you'd want some exposure. But in the meantime, and this is what I tell people when they ask me for marijuana investments, it's not that tough to grow a weed. Come to my yard. I've got weeds all over it. Crabgrass everywhere. And uh, at one point in time, a friend of mine, he was a pretty big stoner. And he's not even a friend. He lives on the street. He liked to grow his own. And he's like, dude, I got too many plants. And if the police show up, I'm in trouble. Can you put one in your backyard? I'm like, sure. He's like, actually, two, because I want a male one next to a female one in case the wind blows. 
And let me tell you, this thing grew like a weed. Um, I wouldn't do it again. It, to me, it was a one-time, one-off. I kind of want to see what it's all about. Kind of a life experience kind of thing. But be cautious on your marijuana investments and that story because the perspective, it's uh, depending on when you get in, it's going to be a home run or it's going to be a strikeout. And you don't want to be the guy who comes up with that great idea after everyone else has come up with that great idea. It's kind of like the IPOs. I've got a friend who's clamoring to own Beyond Meat. Beyond Meat will go down, and it will go down hard because it's overvalued. And that's all I can tell you. I can't tell you when. I don't have a crystal ball. People say, the market's at an all-time high. What's going to cause a recession? And no one knows what's going to cause a recession. That's the beauty of recessions. Three kids have been bitten by sharks on the East Coast this year. So for the month of June, it was shark month. Someone like Anderson Cooper can get on the news and say, why are sharks eating our children? And next month, it could be a terrorist attack. The story changes fast. The narrative changes very, 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 very fast. I'm not going to talk about UFO sightings. I'm not going to do it. Our lawmakers are talking about UFOs right now. That's what people like Mitch McConnell are spending their time doing. Not going to do it. Not going. Not going. I will say this, though. Um, good article in the New York Times today on artificial intelligence. And it starts off with the concept of artificial intelligence has beaten the world's best chess players. Artificial intelligence has beaten a game called Go. Artificial intelligence has beaten humans playing a game called StarCraft. (laughs) The question is, can an artificial intelligence outperform a drone being powered by AI? Can it beat a pro racer? Oh, I loved that movie. War Games? That was fantastic. Matthew Broderick is so young in that movie. And he's a hacker that, you know, he does a lot of the key punching, like... And then suddenly something happens. You're like, what did he just do magically with his key punches? Um, but a drone from the university. Oh, there's a, a, a bet, a million dollar bet. A drone from the University of Zurich is an engineering and technical marvel. It also moves slower than someone taking a Sunday morning jog. So the drone, putting artificial intelligence in drones, we're, we're doing it very, very slowly. So it learns to duck and weave. And there's some great videos on YouTube. I keep talking about YouTube videos. There's a creepy one of a human fighting a robot. And when you see it, you're like, whoa, we're not that far away from having security guards be robots. You know, they they could see better than us. They could see 360. They can, you know, uh, they could videotape everything. So they get a shoplifter kind of thing. If you watch 2001 A Space Odyssey, it's the movie that ends with a da, 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 da. And uh, it's got a kind of a shocking ending. But again, that's kind of that, that period of time where we're experimenting in film in the 70s. So drone racing, league's world championship, the winning drone, a league standard racer three, reached speeds about 90 miles an hour, but it needed a human to guide it. How soon until you think a drone with artificial intelligence beats a human? Two years most. Great article. Great article at the New York Times. You know, oftentimes I talk about Barron's Wall Street Journal. Um, New York Times is just as good, their business section. Now, I'm a little less on New York Times than Wall Street Journal, and I take every article with a grain of salt, depending on who the author is, but I love our free press. I think the press is awesome in America. And uh, I think the New York Times, if I could only have one paper, it'd probably be the New York Times. Like if I was on a desert island, you'd say, you get one newspaper a day, it'd probably be the New York Times. If I was on a desert island, I was still trading and investing, it'd probably be the Wall Street Journal. (laughs) I know you're saying, you're you're a mess, Rob. But there's really good articles um, at the New York Times that you can sign up for. Tips on retirement, personal technology. Maybe the personal technology article won't be your thing. Uh, maybe it will. So, but they cover tech, technology, they cover the economy, they cover media, they cover money, all pretty darn well, in my opinion. Uh, and like they have an article today on Walmart and how Walmart is 
just an evil, corrupt company. In South America, Latin America, they, they, they bribe their way into business, which, again, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm not passing judgment. Um, I understand that if, you know, you want to do business with some times, you know, I, I'd, I'd almost prefer bribes than seeing what Airbnb and Uber does. Airbnb and Uber go into cities and they're like, wait, you got restrictions? We don't know anything about restrictions. La, 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 let's set up our service. And when finally the mayor goes, you, you can't be doing this. You can't, you, 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 our hotels can't, can't take this. Airbnb's like, what? We can't do this? Oh, look over there. It's Elvis Presley. They're out of town. Or that's when they start negotiating with the mayor. Oh, FTC investigating YouTube over child privacy claims. Slack is trying to replace email, business email. You know one thing about Slack, I will say, they're onto something there. Email is just a mess. My friend Donald likes to say, email, it's a mess. Donald, Donald, Donald's asleep right now. It's a mess. I'll do my own Donald voice. It's a mess. But um, email's just a mess and it, uh, spam's a problem, but... At one point in time, wasn't it golden and powerful? So Slack's trying to get that more 21st century. I get it. Uh, 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Coming up, I'm going to talk a little bit about Credit Karma. It's an app that's on my phone, and I'll tell you the pros and cons of it when we come back. Um, on top of that, Walmart, I just called them an evil company. I don't mean that like in a way that can get me sued. I'm saying that their business practices have been shady in the past. And what they're trying to do with catching Amazon on delivery the first time in five years, I've said, I wonder if Amazon Prime is going to be worth it in the next 12 to 24 months. Target and, and Walmart are making, making shipping part of their business model. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I've seen people obsess about their credit score. I get it on a level, but I don't get it on another level. I'll see someone who goes, I want to get my credit score higher. I'm like, why don't you get your income higher? Why don't you get your savings higher? Why don't you use an app like Acorns that will help you automatically save? He goes, I want to get my, my credit score higher. I'm like, why? Are you going to buy a house? No. Car? No. Okay. I get it. There's a company called Credit Karma. It's an app. It's a website that allows users to access their credit score for free. It provides recommendations for your credit cards. Um, by providing that information, that's where they make their money. I'll talk a little bit about that. It may not be something that you're comfortable with. I'm comfortable with. I get that Facebook spies on me a little bit. In exchange for, I get to put pictures of my ugly kids on it. And later in life, my kids are going to be like, Dad, I want to see what it looked like when I was five. I'm like, it's on Facebook. Um, I'm too frugal to pay Apple money to back up my phone. So... I could use Google Drive. I could do, you know, Google Photos. But we make decisions, right? Credit Karma is a website that allows people to get their credit score for free. It is a business that depends a lot on users' trust. I'm good with it. I would rather give my credit card information to an online app like Credit Karma, who's clearly not criminal, than give it to a waiter. When I used to wait tables, <laughs> I saw some bad people. You'd, you'd be at a restaurant, you'd get a meal for 20 bucks, and you'd leave a $2 tip. And that waiter would change it to a $3 tip. You have a receipt that said you signed it for a $2 tip, but 
you'd put $3 and you're probably not going to know because most people don't look that closely at their, their statements, right? So you log on to Credit Karma. You get an easy-to-digest overview of what's on offer. You provide some personal information. In return, you get access to your credit score and analysis of the main drivers of that score. You can also file disputes if something's incorrect on your credit. That's cool. Other freebies include alerts for any changes in your credit score, i.e., why did your credit score drop? And you're like... You take a look and it's like, oh, your utilization's gone up. And you're like, what's, what's, what's a good utilization number? It tells you. So if you've got $10,000 of credit, you probably want your utilization somewhere between 1000 to $3,000. Otherwise, companies that lend you money are going to say, okay, he's kind of using all the credit that we're offering him. Why in the world would we want to offer him more? They want to see that you're using it, but they don't want to see that you're using it too much. There's financial calculators. There's educational tools. It's all pretty innocent, in my opinion. Credit Karma crunches your data to help give recommendations that match your credit profile with a likely approval of maybe another credit card that maybe has a lower interest rate. So they see that you have a credit card with 25% interest rate. They'll say, hey, look, it looks like you're carrying a balance. You'd be wise to use this one over here that you can do 0% for up to a year. If you get approved for one of its recommended products from credit cards to personal loans to car loans to car insurance, That's how Credit Karma gets a fee. Now, you can imagine that doesn't happen overnight for the business. You have to get some sort of scalability. You have to have 10 million people, 15 million people. You have to have some sort of magic number. Until 2018, cards that paid the company's higher fees could get preferential treatment in their placement on the site. As a result, we became very skeptical, and it was tough to recommend, other than to say, just use the services that are free. Don't take any credit card offers. Because it clearly looks like Credit Karma is taking... Um, the ones that pay them the most, which yeah, you kind of understand people doing that, right? And that's one of the things I hate about the financial industry is that you can get an insurance guy to sell you insurance that you don't need because it makes him the most money. Whole life, variable life, you don't need. Rarely can I find a case where you need it. So Ken Lan, who was a co-founder of Credit Karma, um, he really plowed through. He did a very nice job of fixing that problem of product placement. He's got 30 million users logging on every week to check their credit score and potentially sign up for financial products. Customers tend to skew younger. I love millennials on that. I think millennials use their phone and their apps much better than Generation X. A friend of mine um, works in San Francisco, and every day he gets on Groupon to see what the daily special is for lunch. So he only buys lunch. That is a daily special. Now, again, you're like... Is buying lunch every day a good advice? Probably not. But if you do, at least try to get a deal on it, right? Um, smart use. Millennial. Trust is the hallmark of credit karma. And I recommend trying it. So, and again, they don't pay me. They're going to eventually become public, I believe. And then I think they get acquired by, hmm, maybe a financial planning company that's trying to go after millennials. That seems about right. Because the banks can do all that stuff free and build their own applications per se. So the company's revenue is on track at Credit Karma to hit $1 billion this year. That ain't shabby. So it's being driven by the rise in total number of users to $100 million from $75 million in 2017. But the statistic that was interesting is 30 million people check in every month because we're obsessed with it. Every week, I'm sorry, 30 million a week. I do. And if I was a dating man, I'd say, well, let's take a look at each other's credit report. That'd be fun. I know you're saying, how about we have a picnic on the beach? No. How about we look at each other's credit report? How about we, we, we go to a painting class and drink wine? How about we check credit reports? I think Credit Karma's concern right now is that um, card issuers aren't seeing enough returns. So you do have to kind of monitor you know, the change in the product on a year-over-year basis 
Credit Karma wants to live up to its name while its services remain free. Success is going to depend on keeping card issuers on the outside, so to speak, but on the inside of getting the right cards to the right people. I have no problem with that business model. Credit Karma, uh, you can sign up for it on Apple iTunes or Google Play Store. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.